All right, how's everybody doing today? Welcome to Metro. Hey, I hope you had a great Christmas. Everybody have a great Christmas? Uh, it, was, it was good, wasn't it? But hey, Christmas is over. Now it's time to move on. Anybody feeling a little pudgy and a little broke? One too many Christmas cookies, one too many Christmas presents, and you feel a little fat and broke. Anybody in the room? Look, uh, it is time to move on. It's time to start making some changes in our lives. And so it's time to set some New Year's resolutions, right? And so this is what we do this time of year. How many set New Year's resolutions? How many gave up on that a long time ago because you never keep them anyway, <laughs> right? Well, I'm going to try to convince you today that this is a good deal. Uh, now, listen, uh, this whole idea of, of New Year's resolutions has kind of fallen on hard times a little bit. But, look, today's a new day, and it, it is time, I think, for some of us, maybe it's time to lose a little, little bit of weight, save a little bit of money. Uh, some of you might want to think about getting a new job or maybe getting some, some new friends this year. Or maybe you just want to lose some of your old friends. Sometimes that's a good thing to do, right? Uh, but listen, I, I've decided for myself this year, I've got a New Year's resolution. Now, you, you've heard Jeremy over the past few weeks. He's been getting at me a little bit, calling me shorty, right? Making fun of me a little bit. So I've decided this is the year. I am growing taller this year. Okay, now look, you laugh, you laugh. This is serious. I found a website. <laughs> you, you're, you're laughing. You're just like Jeremy. Listen, growtallerforidiots.com. It's true. This can work. They, they promised two to three inches for $47. That's cheap. And I found this video. Now, this video is free. But you check this out. You tell me if this isn't legit. Watch this. Four essential practices on how to grow your height taller, fast, and effective. As height plays an important role throughout the life of an individual, many shorter people are concerned about their short height. Below are the most simple and proved scientific techniques to help gain height up to three to four inches if you do it steady twice a day. First of all, stretching is the most effective warm-up for any type of workout like running, activity games, and playing. And most people have certainly known to do stretches beforehand. It is recommended that you do these stretches to gain height for a total of 15 minutes. Car stretch, the bridge, cobra stretch, super stretch, the table, bow down, twists, and basic leg stretches is a key way to start. Secondly, hanging is a helpful exercise with simple tools. And if you can take just a few minutes a day to hang onto a bar with your arms, stretching your spine for 10 seconds, you will get remarkable results. All these exercises and practices give positive outcomes no matter how old you are. So do the above recommendations regularly and enjoy being tall. See, now apparently you can do just about anything if you set your mind to it, especially if you do stretching exercises. I'm pretty sure Jeremy would have the building done by now if he did more stretching exercises. Anybody agree? <laughs> Seriously, though, uh, we, we do need to get serious about some New Year's resolutions. And I have a few suggestions for you, okay? Now, this is important. You should listen. Take these to heart. Number one, you should trim your nose hairs. They sell nose hair trimmers. You should break the piggy bank and buy one. Nose hairs are just gross. Anybody agree? Right? So that's one thing. That's a New Year's resolution that you should set. Number two, you should flush the toilet. All the time, every time. Listen, the old slogan, if it's yellow, let it mellow, should die. That is a wrong slogan. Get rid of it. Flush the toilet all the time, every time. And listen, if you want to save water, here's what you do. Instead of not flushing the toilet, just take fewer baths and wear more deodorant. But flush the toilet, right? So you got to flush the toilet. Number three, 
Some of you should get rid of your Facebook account. Now, this is serious. Some of you use Facebook to post every problem you ever had about everything for the whole world to see. And you should delete your Facebook account. Listen, can't we agree? Now, here what your resolution should be. Solve world hunger, promote world peace, and delete your Facebook account. Not necessarily in that order. Right? And so this is some of the things that we need to get around a little bit. Uh, you know, that's all in good fun. But some of us do need to get serious about some New Year's resolutions in our lives. Uh, it's fun to joke about it, laugh a little bit. But, you know, the, the truth is, most of us, when we, when we make a resolve in our lives, when we set a New Year's resolution, very few of us are actually going to follow through on it. That's true. And I don't blame a lot of you for giving up on it over the years. Like, you've just never found the ability. You set these resolutions, and two weeks later, you break them, and you never follow through, and you, and you, you kind of just tread water in your life in certain areas. Areas of your life where you really want to change. And, and so why is it so difficult? I mean, I, I read an article that 8% of people, only 8% of people who set New Year's resolutions actually follow through on them. Now, in a room this size, so let's say, I don't know, was there 400 people maybe in this room at the moment? Uh, 8%, that means 32 of you, so I don't know which one of you are, I could probably point you out, 32 of you are actually going to keep a New Year's resolution if you set one. The other 300 and what is it, 68 of us aren't going to make it. So why do it, right? And so why is it so difficult to follow through on these things, to make the changes that we want to make in our lives? And I, I got a few ideas on this. I think the first reason it's so difficult is people live based on their habits. If you stop and think about this, I think you'll agree it's true. People live based on their habits. You have certain habits that you've developed throughout your life. Now, a habit you ever tried to figure out what, what is a habit in your life? Habits are the things that you do without thinking, right? Habits are the, just the normal routines of your life. You know, you know you have a habit when you move from one house to another and you automatically drive to the old house without thinking. You ever done that? I've done it. There are certain routines of life that you've just developed and they become habits for you. They're the ways that you live your life almost without thinking about them. It's true in our spending habits, our eating habits, the way we spend our time, in our relationships, even in our spiritual lives. The problem is we live based on our habits and we have a lot of bad habits. Every area of your life where you, where you feel like you're kind of stuck a little bit and you want to move forward, the, the, the reason is, is that over the years you've developed some bad habits in your life. And habits are hard to change. So I think that's the first reason is it's, it's hard to keep resolutions because we live based on our habits. And I think the second thing is that most resolutions, they focus on results, not new habits. For example, you say, I want to lose some weight. Instead of saying, I'm going to eat this food this many times a day, it's, you, don't, you focus on the results, not the habits. Right? We focus on saving money instead of changing our spending habits. We focus on having better relationships and focusing on our relationship habits. We focus on growing closer to God than focusing on the habits that will actually bring us closer to God. And so when we focus on results instead of habits, the habits in our lives make it impossible to achieve the results. And so this is one of our problems. Good intentions don't get us anywhere, especially in our spiritual lives. Look, most of us want to do something different. But we find ourselves unable to because we don't have the right habits. Now, I, I look back over the past year. Last year, I set a resolution, and I didn't, didn't make it. In fact, I utterly failed. I didn't get anywhere with this resolution. 
Uh, those of you that know me know that I'm a book lover. I love to read. There's nothing I enjoy more than a good book, especially a Christian book. And there's nothing that's helped me more in my spiritual life than good books. And so I feel this sense of calling from God to write a book myself. I, one of these days, I'm going to do this. And so last year, uh, I decided I'm going to make some progress on writing a book. Guess how much progress I made? Zip, zilch, nodded. Did not write a single word of the book. Now, why is this? I had this resolution. I wanted to move forward. Why, why didn't I accomplish it? I'll tell you why. Because the habits of my life did not allow for it. The habits of my life, the way I spend my time, left no time to do it. I didn't focus on building the right habits. You know, you ever heard somebody say, well, I just don't have time. You ever heard somebody say that? I just don't have time for this. Truth is, all of us have the same amount of time, don't we? 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we all have the same constraints. We all have the same amount of time. Some people write multiple books a year. I write zero. Why is that? It's not because they have more time than I do. It's because they use their time differently. They have different habits in their life. Now, we all have to get around this, but the fact is the only way to do something different in our lives is to build new habits. But this is not easy, is it? Building new habits is really hard work. And so the third reason I think it's really difficult to fulfill resolutions is because building new habits requires discipline and planning in your life. People want to do a lot of things. Most of us only do what we plan to do. Isn't that true? It requires discipline. Now, Pastor Jeremy has talked to many of us over the past couple of years about coming to help at the Riverview building. I don't, he's asked me a million times. I got to admit... I have not been to that building as often as I should. And I know some of you are sitting out there feeling the same way. You are excited about what's happening in the life of our church. You're excited about the launch of the second campus. You want to help. But the problem is you haven't planned to help. I think this is what's happened to me. I haven't been there nearly as often as I wanted to. We only do the things that we plan to do. Well, listen, we still have a month left. We're, we're launching in February. There's still a month left. There's still time to get in the game, right? Still time to, to, to jump into this and help. Listen, you won't regret it if you do, but you will only do it if you plan to do it, if you discipline yourself to do it. Here's what the scripture says about planning and diligence. Proverbs 21.5, it says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. So yeah, it's difficult to keep New Year's resolutions. But it's a good thing. You shouldn't give up. Setting resolutions in your life, it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to move forward, to make changes. Listen, even if you've had the same resolution for 10 years, don't give up. Maybe you've tried to quit smoking 100 times. Maybe the 101st time is going to be the time you actually make some progress. But it'll only happen if you do it differently the 101st time than you did it for the first 100 times. Keeping resolutions is difficult because we focus on results, not habits, because we lack discipline in planning. But that's not the main reason that setting and keeping resolutions is so difficult. There is another reason. The main reason it's so difficult to keep our resolutions is just this. We are not working with God. This is our biggest problem. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, but God has some New Year's resolutions, 
God has some things that he wants to accomplish in 2016, and he has a certain way he wants to accomplish it. He looks into your life, and God has some goals for you. God has some things that he wants to accomplish in our lives. The question we need to ask ourselves is, are our resolutions that we're setting, are we working with God? Are our resolutions God's resolution? Are we working with God, or are we out on a limb all by ourselves? Right? These are the questions we have to ask. Because listen, if you're not working with God, you're, you're going to be setting yourself up for another year of frustration. Do you realize if you try to live your life out on your own and not with God, you're, you're really out of step with where the whole world is heading. God has purposes. He's moving forward in the world. And if we're out of step with those, we're just setting ourselves up for a year of frustration. Listen, listen to what it says in Proverbs 19.21. It says, many are the plans in the mind of a man. That's true, right? We have lots of, lots of plans, lots of things we want to do. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So you're going to set some resolutions. The question is, are your resolutions the plans in the mind of a man, or are they the purpose of the Lord? Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but the purpose of the Lord will stand. So what I want to do is I just want to walk us through a passage of Scripture today. I think there is a passage of Scripture that gives us a glimpse into this idea of New Year's resolutions and gives us a glimpse into what God's purposes are. What are God's resolutions? It's found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and here it is. We're just going to walk through. It's two verses, very simple little passage at the end of chapter 1 of 2 Thessalonians. And what we're going to do, we're just going to walk through these two verses of Scripture today. 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 11 and 12. Here's what it says. It says, To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good. There's that word, resolve. May fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is a prayer from the Apostle Paul. If you want to get a picture of what God wants to do in your life, look at the prayers of the Apostle Paul. When Paul prays for something, it is the will of God for our lives. And so this is what Paul does. Now I chose this particular prayer because in the English Standard Version it uses this little word resolve that I pointed out as I read it. That word resolve is the same root to the word resolution. They come from the same word. The word resolution comes from the word resolve. The NIV uses the word desire instead of resolve, but it's the same idea. right? It, what, what this passage is basically saying is this. It, it, it's saying that God's resolution is to give you his power for his purpose. So if you want to live 2016 in a whole different way, if you want your life to raise and elevate and move forward, God promises something. God is resolved. God has a resolution for your life. And here it is. His resolution is to give you his power for his purpose. And listen, if God gives you his power for his purpose, the plans of the Lord are established. The plans of the Lord get fulfilled. So this is what we need to walk through today. God wants to do this in our lives but the question is, are our resolutions God's resolution? Or are we on our own? Are we going to work with God? 
or are we going to work on our own? So what are the resolutions? And so as we walk through this, what, what is it that God wants to do? What are his resolutions that he wants to fulfill? How does he want to fulfill them, and what are his reasons? And so it really begins with this. Very simply, God fulfills resolutions for good. The word good is used in a lot of different ways, right? So if you have good resolutions, God wants to give you his power to fulfill them. So what is good, right? What is a good resolution? Well, there's all kinds of different ways we use that word, right? We say that food is good. We say someone's looking good. You like my new sweater? Tara got that for me for Christmas, right? We say that news is good. We say a coupon is good for another week. We say someone has good intentions. We say someone's a good mechanic or a good football player, right? We use the word good in all kinds of different ways. That was some good music. But no matter how you use it, the idea of whether something is good or not depends on the person using it, right? Everybody has their own idea of what's good and not good. For example, onions are horrible. They, they ruin everything they touch. But some of you put onions on everything, and you're crazy. Some of you think onions are good. I don't understand you, right? Some of you think country music is good. I, listen, if what you're talking about is actually southern rock music, I'm good with you, all right? We call it country today. It's not country. Look, the Eagles are not country, true? Southern rock, Leonard Skinner, not country. And a lot of what we call country today just sounds like some of the old southern rock music. I'm fine with that. I'm talking about real country music, right? It's terrible, but some of you like it. So we have these different definitions of good, don't we? When it comes to God... When it comes to God and our relationship with him, what does he think is good? What does God think is a good resolve, to use the language of our passage? What is something good to do with your life? God fulfills resolutions for good. So what is this? Verse 11, I think, is the key. It gives you a little picture. You have to unpack it for a minute, but here's what it says. It says that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good. Now, I don't think the two halves of that little sentence are saying two different things. I think when it says that he wants to make you worthy of his calling and fulfill every resolution for good, he's saying fulfilling the resolution for good is the way he makes you worthy of his calling. And making you worthy of, of your calling means fulfilling every resolution for good. So something is only good, as far as God's concerned, if it makes you worthy of his calling. Now, what in the world does that mean? Right? What is his calling, and how can we be made worthy of it? I mean, this is really important. What is something that's worthy of your calling? Paul uses this word over 50 times, this little word for calling. You read through Paul's letters in the New Testament. Paul was a church planter, and he wrote letters to all of the churches that he planted, and those letters are captured in the Bible and he, and he uses this little word calling in a very interesting way. He uses it 50 times. What it refers to for Paul, what he means by your calling. He means if you're a Christian, you have been called by God. You have heard about Jesus in such a way that something came alive inside of you. Something woke up. And some of you can remember the exact moment it happened in your life. You were in a church, or you were with a friend, or you were at home, you were reading your Bible, some, some different way, but all of a sudden you heard about Jesus, 
something clicked. It was like there was a voice calling out to you. And in that moment, something came alive and you embraced Jesus. This is what Paul means by the calling of a Christian. It's that moment in someone's life where they hear about Jesus and their heart embraces him. And and for many of us in this room, this has happened to us, right? This is this moment where, where we heard and we embraced, that moment where something clicked, where we saw Jesus for who he is, when we saw his glory and his grace and his love, when you realized he came into the world to save you and give you his love, his joy, and his peace, and you saw everything you ever wanted and everything you ever wanted to become. And, and, and rising inside of your heart was a love for Jesus and a desire to be like him. Have you heard the call of God? Anybody in the room? Have you heard this call in your own life? Have you? Let's hear a little something if you've heard the call of God in your life. Listen, God came into your life. He spoke to you. He called you by name. And what was dead came alive. Set resolutions that are worthy of that calling. The call of God where Jesus became your desire. Where you became alive to him. Where you started to love him. Where you wanted to be like him. God's resolution is to make you worthy of that calling. And fulfill every resolve for good. Our resolutions need to be consistent with a love for Jesus and a desire to be like him. You set those kinds of resolutions. You have the power of God at your disposal. Amen? I'm going to show you a little verse. It's my favorite verse. Jeremy gets on me because I quote it in almost every sermon. I think every sermon basically says this. To be perfectly honest, it's Romans 8, 8, 28, and 29. You want to see the word calling and the word good, the only other time in the whole Bible where the word calling and the word good are used in the same passage. Here it is, Romans 8, 28, and 29. We know, here's what God says, we know that for those who love God, if this has happened to you, if you've heard the call, for those who love God, all things work together for good. All of them. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Listen, God promises all of his power to work all things together for good to fulfill his purpose in our lives. And God's purpose is for us to love Jesus and become like him. He will put all all of his power at your disposal. He will work all things together to fulfill this, to accomplish this in your life. If what you want, if what you're resolving, if what you are purposing is to grow in your love for Jesus and to grow to become more like him, God will work all things together for good to fulfill that purpose in your life. All things. So the question is, Is this your purpose? As you enter 2016, is it your purpose to love Jesus and become like him? Is this what you want? If not, then your purposes are out of step with God's. This is what he's doing. 
if this is not consistent with your purpose, your resolutions are not God's resolution, and you will be frustrated because what God's going to be doing is working all things together for his purpose. And if you're out of step with it, you're out of step with where the world is going. It will be another frustrating year. Now, look, I know there are a lot of people in the room today, especially the day after Christmas. Maybe you're in from out of town and your family dragged you to church today. Yeah, I realize there are a lot of people who come to church who aren't quite all the way in with Jesus, right? They haven't given their hearts to him fully. They're open. They're exploring. They wouldn't be in church if they weren't. They're just not convinced. You hear somebody stand up here and say the whole purpose of your life is to love Jesus and become like him. You're just not sure about that, that, right? You, You think your purpose is to look good, to feel good, to take care of your family, to enjoy your life. You have resolutions for your life, but they're not to love Jesus and become like him. Right? Your resolution is very different from that. You want a new job. You want more money. You want, to, you want to take that vacation you've been wanting. You do want to lose some weight. You want to build your investment portfolio. Right? You have some purposes and plans for your own life, some resolutions. But listen, if you live long enough, and I think most of us in this room, we've lived long enough to know this. It just doesn't work, does it? It's just not enough. Your good looks will fade. I got more gray hair than I want right now. Your good looks will fade. Your health fades. Your family and friends disappoint you. Listen, and they eventually die. Some of you are going to lose people you love this year. Look, this life is hard. It just doesn't work. Life is not always entertaining and fun, right? There is a bigger purpose for our lives than all of this. And there is a bigger purpose that when you grab it, when you catch it, when you finally figure it out, when you finally realize what this whole thing is about, you find a purpose that's big enough to bring joy into your life, to bring purpose into your life, to bring a peace that passes understanding into your life, even when life is disappointing and not fun. And this is this purpose. This purpose is to love Jesus and become like him. This is what God considers good. This is what he means. So does this mean God doesn't care if you take care of your body and lose weight? Does that mean he doesn't care? No, he cares more than you know. Listen, God cares if you lose weight. God cares if you take care of your body because your body is the way that you serve him in this world. There is a way to set the same resolutions that you want to set to take care of your body and lose weight that lifts them to a whole new level. Make it your purpose to lose weight and take care of your body in order that you can better love Jesus and become like him in this world. Right? He absolutely cares about your body and the way you care for it. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. Lift your resolutions to a whole new place and receive God's power to fulfill them. Does God care how you spend your money? You better believe it. He cares as much, he he cares almost as much about how you spend your money as he cares about anything. Listen, you can't read the scripture and not conclude that. God cares deeply about what you do with your money. Why is this? Because the way you spend your money reveals what you love. Yeah, God wants you to better manage your money. And he wants you to do it because you can use your money. He wants you to invest your money in eternal things. 
He wants you to love Jesus and become like him in the way you spend your money. He wants you to be generous. He wants you to give. He wants you to sacrifice for others. He wants you to use that currency to love him and love the people around you. God cares deeply how you spend your money. Does God care about your relationships with your friends and family? Absolutely he does. He cares deeply. Listen, what he wants you to do for your friends and family, he wants you to show them what his love looks like. He wants other people to see him in you. He wants you to love Jesus and become like him so the people around you can see Jesus. He cares about your marriage. Oh, set a resolution in 2016 to improve your marriage. Set a resolution, husbands, to love Jesus more and become more like him and then show your wife what that looks like. Wives, the same with you. Children, look, all of us, all of our relationships, our friendships in life, all of it lifted to a whole new level. Love Jesus and become like him and your whole life gets raised. Everything goes to a whole new level because you have God's power at work working all things together for good to fulfill these purposes in your life. So yeah, set some resolutions for 2016. (laughs) Resolve to eat better. Resolve to exercise more. Resolve to better manage your money. Resolve to improve your relationships. Resolve to quit smoking. Break that habit. Move forward in your life, but make sure that your resolutions are worthy of your calling to love Jesus and become like him. Make sure that your resolutions are God's resolution. Do it with him. Resolve to do good and work with God. That's how to live your life, right there. You want a slogan for 2016. Resolve to do good and work with God. This is what we need for our lives as we move into a new year. God fulfills resolutions for good, but that doesn't quite say enough, right? Because there's something, there's an aspect to this that we gotta press into a little bit deeper. He he has a specific way he wants to fulfill these things. He doesn't just wanna fulfill them. He has a specific way he wants to do it. It's possible to have the right resolutions and try to fulfill them in the wrong way. Do you know it's possible to have a resolution to read your Bible in 2016 and and set about to fulfill it in the wrong way and still be out of step with God's purposes for your life? God fulfills resolutions for good, but here's the second thing we need to realize, that God fulfills resolutions by his power. God is not at all interested in us fulfilling our resolutions for good by our own power. He's not all that interested in you doing things by your own efforts. 2 Thessalonians 1.11, again, here's the way it puts it. It says, that our God may fulfill every resolve for good, what? By his, what? Power. By his power. There are a lot of people in the world trying to live for God in their own strength. And God is not happy with it. He doesn't want that from us. God does not want you to do anything in your own strength. Some of you need to hear this. You feel, I can't do this. I can't measure up. I'm not good enough. Yes. Perfect. God is not interested in you doing this in your own strength. He wants you to do everything in dependence on him. He does not want you to eat better and exercise in your own strength. 
He does not want you to manage your money better in your own strength. He does not want you to try to have a better marriage or better friendships or better relationships with your kids in your own strength. He doesn't want you to try to overcome your sinful habits or addictions in your own strength. God only fulfills resolutions by his power. Now we'll talk about why this is in a minute, but first, or, or how this works in a minute, but first we have to understand why. Why is God so concerned about this? I mean, you read your Bible, you're going to find this over and over and over and over again. You try to do things on your own, it makes God upset. You try to be good enough and earn it and deserve it, you actually push him away. Why? Why does he care so much? Why does he want to be the one to do it by his power? Such an important concept, and here's why. God fulfills resolutions by his power, yes, but God fulfills resolutions for his glory. 2 Thessalonians 1, again, 11 and 12 says this, by his power, why is it by his power? So that, here's the reason, right? You've got to pay attention to this kind of language. By his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. So God wants to fulfill our resolves for good by his power so that he gets the glory. Listen, if you resolve it for good, if you accomplish it in your own power, who gets the glory? If you do it, who gets the glory? You can answer that. Who? You do. But if God accomplishes it by his power, he gets the glory. And God wants all the glory. He don't want to share it with anyone. And the reason God wants all the glory, and this might surprise you, the reason God wants all the credit, all the glory, wants to be the one who's the focus, is because God is love. That doesn't make sense, some of you might say. What do you mean God wants all the glory because he is love? Listen, there's something different about God and you. If you try to be the center of attention, that's not love. Ask your wife. Right? If you try to be the center of attention, that's not love. But for God to try to be the center of attention is the definition of love. Love means you want what is best for someone, right? That's what love is. Love is when you pursue and want and desire and drive at what is best for someone. For you to make yourself the center of attention is not best for anybody. But for God to make himself the center of attention is best for everybody. There is no one better than God. If God's going to love us, if God wants what is best for us, if he's going to love us, he must give us himself. What else could he give? Listen, God wants to be the center of attention to get all the glory because he is love. Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other. If we try to live for him in our own strength, even if we try to live for him, doing things for him in our own strength, God's not interested. He will frustrate our plans. We have to learn how to live our lives in dependence on God for his glory. So how does this work then? How does it work? God fulfills resolutions for good. He fulfills them by his power, for his glory. So what do we do? What's our role in all this? And this is a beautiful thing. This is the way the Christian life really works. And some of you just need to pause on this and, and, and really embrace this thought today. 
The whole Christian life works, and we've been talking about this for weeks around here. The whole Christian life works by grace through faith. You want to become a Christian in the room today? It happens by grace through faith. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You don't work real hard for it. You just receive it from God. And the way you receive it is by faith. God fulfills resolutions through works of faith. Here's what it says. It says that God, that our God may fulfill every work of faith by his power. Active living faith in God is the key to everything. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. And faith is not a complicated thing. Faith trusts the promises of God and then acts on them. So what's our role in all of this? If you want to receive all of God's power, all of God's goodness, all of what God wants to do in your life in 2016, all you need to do, the only thing God wants from you is trust his promise and act on it. Now, if you trust on it and don't act on it, do you really trust it? It's acting on it that shows the trust, right? So trust the promise and act on it. It's called faith. Look, I I have seen what God can do in a person's life when they trust his promise and act on it. It's incredible. I want to tell you a story about a, a woman that I know. She's just about 70 years old. She has an incredible story. Her name's Barb. You go back a number of years in her life, and things were really rough for her. She had a very difficult early portion of her life. She made a ton of mistakes, really got off track in her life. She got pregnant out of, out of wedlock twice. Both times had abortions. The guilt of her abortions almost crushed her. She tried to kill herself. When she finally did get married... She had a miscarriage the first time she was pregnant. She felt like God was trying to punish her. She married a man that was not good for her. He gave her two sons, but they ended up divorced. She got married a second time. The second husband was extremely abusive, both to her and her children. Second marriage ends in divorce. She's 50 years old, living with her parents, depressed, alone, all, out of nowhere, she contracts this autoimmune disease that's just debilitating. She can barely stand up. Some days she can barely get out of bed. But then one day, her son invites her to church with him. She goes, finally. He'd been bugging her for years. She finally goes to church with him. And as she sits there in church that day, like some of you are sitting in here today, it's like God spoke to her. <laughs> She heard the call that we've been talking about, and something just clicked. Something came alive inside of her. She heard about this God who loved her, who came into the world to save her, to forgive her, to give her hope and a purpose for her life, that wanted to change her life, that wanted to fulfill his purposes in in her life by his power. She believed it. She really believed it, and she started acting on it. That was 20 years ago. She was 50, 20 years ago. Now she's 70. In the past 20 years, this woman's life has been completely revolutionized. She became a missionary to orphans in Nicaragua. 
She became a leader of a recovery ministry where she helps women recover from abuse and abortion and, and, and food addictions, where God is using her to help people recover from the very same things that she struggled with her whole life. Just two weeks ago, she was halfway across the world sharing her testimony with people in a foreign land. Listen, she put her life in the hands of God. This, this woman whose life was a mess and completely lost, God picked her up, filled her with his power, and has done more through her than she ever could have dreamed. And he wants to do the same for you. I know this woman very well. I call her mom. This woman's my mother. Listen, I, <laughs> I have seen what God can do through a person's life. How he can completely change it. Move it forward. Lift it to, to levels that you never could have imagined. I, I never thought I'd watch my mom lead a recovery ministry. What? I never thought I'd watch my mom become a missionary to orphans and share her testimony in front, stand in front of people and share her whole story. Every word of it. All the pain, all the brokenness, how God's healed it all. Listen, God wants to give you his power for his purpose. So set some resolutions for 2016. Put your life in the hands of God and move forward. Give your life to him. Trust him. <laughs> what is it in your life? As you think about it right now, what, what is it? What, what area of your life just needs to change? What is it? Take that, lift it up a little. Ask God, resolve, purpose in your life that you want to love Jesus and become like him in that area of your life. That you want to build new habits in your life and you need God's help. You want to resolve to do good and you want to work with God. God says, I will, I will fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by my power so that the name of the Lord Jesus might be glorified in you according to my grace. That's a promise to take to the bank. It's time to move forward. So what is it for you? One of the things I hope all of us will do in 2016, and this is just how I want to end, I want you to walk out of here and immediately do something when you walk out of the room. I want you to love Jesus and become like him in 2016. I want you to purpose that in your heart. So there's something I'm asking, literally asking every single person in this room to do in 2016. I think this is something God would want you to do. This is where we're headed as a church as we move into January. Starting in January on Wednesdays, we're doing our next step sessions where we try to take our next steps toward God and with God. And I believe this is something God wants for us. So I ask you to consider this. Sign up for one of these. Move forward in your faith. We're offering 10 sessions starting in January. I'm just going to put them on the screen. I want you to just take a look at these sessions, and I want you to prayerfully ask God while they have these sessions on the screen. Prayerfully ask him if this is something he wants you to do. It's four Wednesdays. Look, I, I realize it's not your habit to come to church on Wednesday nights. It's time to build some new habits, to connect with some people, to grow your faith, to group together with God's people, and to go and put your faith into practice. 
Just look at that list and ask God if he wants you to do one of these. Leadership. First things first, which is about getting back to the basics of the Christian life. Knowing the Holy Spirit, really experiencing the presence and power of God in your life. How to study the Bible. Almost nothing's more important than really grasping God's word. Give the reason, which is about learning how to handle the doubts that creep in and how to, how to help other people with their doubts about the existence of God. Parenting for kids of all ages, how, how to really shepherd your child's heart, how to connect with your kid's heart and really be used by God to shape their little hearts. Marriage, how to stay in love, <laughs> how to make it, how to be inspiring to the people around you as a married couple. A praying life, how to connect with God in a distracting world. How to really learn how to have that relationship with your Heavenly Father. Parents of teenagers. It's hard being a parent of teenagers. Some of you need to to, to really grow in this area of your life. Ask God, purpose, make a resolution. I'm going to become a better parent to my teenager in 2016. Boundaries. When to say yes, how to say no. Some of you don't have any appropriate boundaries in your life or you're constantly overstepping the boundaries of others. You need to grow in your relationships. These are the 10 sessions we're offering starting in January. Sign up for one. Make some resolutions. Grow your soul in 2016. Amen? Amen? Let's just close in a word of prayer together. Uh, As we pray, I encourage some of you Open your heart to God. Hear his call today. I have some friends right here to my left, your right, that want to pray with you. They want to to help you connect with God, to really find this relationship with God. Whether you're not yet a Christian or you're struggling in your faith, you just need some help in prayer, you have health issues, whatever it is that's going on in your life, connect with one of my friends over here in prayer. Don't rush out of here. Let this be the start of a whole new thing in your life. So let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, uh, (laughs) thank you for being the kind of God who's interested in our lives. The maker of heaven and earth cares about me, cares about my body, cares about my eating habits, cares about my money, cares about my relationships, my marriage, my kids, cares about the the habits and and the temptations that I struggle with, cares so much that he sent his one and only son into the world to bring his power to me to forgive my sins, to help me overcome these things, to change, to be different. So Father, give us your power. Fill us with your spirit. Help 2016 be the best year yet for our own lives, for our families, for our church, for the community around us, Lord. Use us in 2016. Fulfill your purposes. Give us your power for your purpose, God. As we enter 2016, we want to resolve to do good, And we want to work with you. So lead us, Father, we pray. We give ourselves to you in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.